Hey, this is Lakin. Welcome to episode 30 of the Almost Crunchy podcast. So today's episode is an episode that I recorded a while back with Jess Gertner. She is at Jess.holdthespace over on Instagram. And to be really honest, when I recorded this episode, I was not quite sure much about the Enneagram, uh, much less where I was on the Enneagram picture. So at the time that I recorded this podcast, I thought that I was an Enneagram 4. And I, after doing some digging and then also doing a coaching call with an Enneagram coaching call with Jess, we have since figured out that I am actually an Enneagram 6. And it is very, very relatable to me now that I have dug in a little bit deeper. I can see why I was an Enneagram 4, but now it is very clear that I am a 6. Um, and so what we kind of go through on this conversation is a little bit of just the basics about what the Enneagram is, how you can dig a little bit deeper into it. And I am excited for you guys to get to know Jess a little bit and then also get to know more about the Enneagram. And if you are interested in learning more about it, feel free to reach out to us. We would like to do a, another wrap-up episode or a couple of other episodes with Jess because she is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the Enneagram. So feel free to reach out with questions and we could be using them on the upcoming episodes that we record. But without further ado, here's today's episode with Jess Gertner. Okay, I'm so excited for today. I say that pretty much every interview because I love doing interviews, but today is really more than an interview. I just love to be able to connect with people that I love and respect, and I want to really just have a conversation around a topic that I know a lot of people are interested in right now, including myself. So I want to welcome my friend Jess Gerner to the podcast today, and I would love for you to say hi and introduce yourself and let people know what you do and where you are if they don't know you already. Thanks for having me, friend. I think we've talked before about how much fun it is for me to be on a guest on someone else's podcast because I don't have to like prepare. I just get to show up and we get to chat about some of my favorite things. And not that I do a ton of that with my own podcast, but it's just really nice to like sit and have a conversation with their friends. So thank you for having me. Of course. So my name is Jess, as Lincoln mentioned, and I, God, where do I start? What do I do? That's a good question. And that's so all of things. All of things. We're going to be talking about the Enneagram, I know, a lot on this, this episode. And just a little sneak peek, when you ask a nine, which I am a nine, like, who are you and what do you do? It's really hard for us sometimes to talk about ourselves because we struggle with actually knowing who we are and what we stand for and what we believe. Um, you know, but in the process of becoming a healthy, fully integrated human being, um, I would say that I am like, it's still really hard to say I'm a blogger, sort of. 
Um, a sometimes blogger. I have a podcast with my co-host Laura. Um, has Laura been on your podcast yet? She has. Yeah. yeah, she has. So Laura's been on the podcast, and she is our my co-host with the Modern Mamas podcast, which we started. It's coming up on two years. Ago. No, wow. is it more than two years? Gosh, you know, time it's been really, a while. It's been yeah. a while. We're on like episode one twenty something. So it has been. A whirlwind, wonderful ride creating the Modern Mamas podcast, but it's just become such a special thing in both of our lives and really like the jumping off point for a lot of other things that we do. So I am a podcaster. I have a blog that I'm just now about to relaunch um, here in the next couple weeks, which has been through many iterations. I started Mm -hmm. off as a food, a paleo food blogger back in the day. Um, And then my interests have just kind of morphed over time. And I know that's something we can talk about too, but like, I think a lot of people, when they start out with a business idea or online, they get really like locked into, I am a food blogger Mm -hmm. and I am a fat or a fashion blogger, or I talk about this. This is my niche. And what I found is that as a human, my interests and the things that I'm passionate about continue to like morph and grow and like just I I have so many things that I'm interested in. And while it may not be the best business model, according to like the quote unquote <laughs> business books, I don't niche. And so I am also a beauty counter consultant on where you and I Lake are on the same team, which has been so fun. I think that's where we first we connected, fun. right? We did. Mm hmm. Yeah, so um, I think we've been roommates at a couple different beauty counter conferences, and it's snuggle always buddies. Yeah, yes, snuggle buddies. It's always amazing, and um, so that's a huge part of my life. Uh, recently, hit executive director and mentoring and coaching women to like build their own business, whatever that looks like for them, is really kind of the thing that lights me up, and so. Um, I do that. And then through actually, I would say probably through Beauty Counter, um, I have become really interested in the Enneagram more so than just like how everybody and their mom is interested in the Enneagram. I like really, really like nerd out about it. So I'm pursuing a coaching certification with the Enneagram and I use that really um, on the daily, not just with my personal relationships and friendships, but business relationships, coaching people. Um, it's become something I'm super passionate about. So I have already started doing um, like business. Businesses will hire me to come and work with their team and help them kind of identify who their team members are in terms of the Enneagram um, and how to communicate better and work better together and so I'm doing that and it's really fun and I get to use it on the daily with my beauty counter team, which is also really, really fun. That's is that, so is that cool. me? Do you think that's me? That is so you and there's so many things. <laughs> I don't know how you're keeping up. <laughs> also today I told Tim, cause I also have this creative side and I have all these ideas for the Enneagram and I, I actually, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm an artist, but I have like artistic tendencies and I'm telling Tim. I want to get an iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil so I can just like design my own graphics. And he's just like rolling his eyes, I'm sure, on the <laughs> inside. Because I just have like, I just don't feel like we should limit ourselves. And when we have an interest or a passion or something that's like tugging on our heart, like what is the point of stuffing that down, you know? And even if you just follow it to the point where you're looking at iPad Pros, in my instance, and you're like, okay. They're a little bit out of my price range right now, but I want to put that on my list of things that I really want to do. 
Um, And then also, like, truly, I feel like, don't say, so we oftentimes will follow it up with, like, I want to do that when I have time, right? Like, Mm -hmm. when I have time, I'll for sure learn to play the piano, or I'll for sure become a beauty counter consultant, or I'll for sure start my own blog. And I just strongly believe that we'll never have time, (laughs) because there's always going to be something that comes up. And so that's why I, I feel like I have my hand in so many like fires just because I just want to like milk life for all it's worth. I don't know. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I, it's something that I really, really appreciate about you because it feels like from someone like myself that has thought about so many different avenues and whether that is a hobby or, Oh, I might want to make this a part of my business. It is one thing that you do hear about a lot when it comes to professional business people that you need to niche down. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate what you just said. Like, I don't do niches because <laughs> I don't, it, it always felt like I just didn't have one thing that I really wanted to niche down on. And I think that comes to into play with a lot of people. They're like, well, I don't want to just talk about that. So I think it's cool that you talk about how you have your hand in so many different fires because I think that's a lot of people and they kind of feel like they're doing it the quote unquote wrong way because they don't want to do that. Absolutely. And when you think about, I just feel like myself as a, like fully living authentically as myself is not like I'm just the beauty counter consultant or I'm just the podcaster. Um, if I narrow myself and my identity and the way I present myself to people, um, yeah, I may become some sort of expert in that area at some point. But on the flip side, how relatable am I? Like how like someone's going to look at me and be like, I can't start a podcast because just that's all Jess does. And that's all like she devotes her time to. And she's the expert. And like if she can do it, that means that I can't do it because I, you know, don't have that 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 thing that thing that makes me a podcaster so I feel and this may just be me trying to justify my need to like chase (laughs) all the things but I just feel like it makes me so much more relatable and that's what I want like we talked about connection and authenticity and it's so much easier to connect with someone when you say yeah I'm just like you I have a lot of things I'm interested in and I'm still able to do this and do this well um you know it's not always like rainbows and butterflies but I found a way and you can too. Do you right. know what I mean? Yep. So is that something that you have found that you have gotten more comfortable with over a specific time? Or have you always been more comfortable with having all of the things in the fire at the same time? Oh, my gosh. It's definitely been a work in progress. I mean, backing up a little bit, my story, I mean, my life story, I was – you know, I was the valedictorian of my high school, which is not that big of a deal when you know that my high school has like 130 people in in our graduating class, we had 130 people. Um, But it was one of those things. It was, I was always laser focused on the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And in college it was like, okay, I went to school to be an athletic trainer and with athletic training or sports medicine, you really have to know early on what you want to do. It's not like you go to college and you take a bunch of different classes and then eventually you kind of wind up where you wind up. Um, that program start started at least when I was in it like 
your freshman year. So you really had to like niche down and the classes were very specific. Um, And I went to grad school and pursued that even more, more specialized. And I really thought that's what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I thought that I had a lot of um, ideas around what it was like to be a successful adult. And that was you go to school and you go to grad school and you get a, a job um, and you have benefits and you go to work and you come home and like that's what you do. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but for me, I think underlying all that stuff was this like sense of restlessness Um and for a while, I was I was happy doing that. I felt very secure, and that was important to me too. And again, I'm a nine, so comfort, avoidance of conflict, kind of being on autopilot is like my go-to method. Um, when I'm in an average space, when I'm not necessarily fully healthy or fully stressed, but when I'm just kind of on that autopilot mode. And so that was comfortable for me. Um, it wasn't until I started realizing... It was actually my husband's fault. I blame him Um, because he's got this very entrepreneurial mindset and he's always like, we should travel and we should like, he's kind of changed his, he's a five, which again, we can go into, I'm kind of throwing out Enneagram topics here, but um, they really want to know all there is to know about a certain topic. And then once they know that it's like, okay, what, what else can I figure out next? And so he's very much like an entrepreneur. And while it was super uncomfortable for me at first, Um, it pushed me to really like dive into, is this what I want? Do I want to go to the office from eight to five every day and clock in and clock out? And is this what I want? And again, I just want to reiterate, there is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting security in a job and, you know, finding a job that fulfills you in that way. That is a salaried position. Like I want to like really, really hit that at home. There's nothing wrong with it. But for me, when I actually looked deep down inside, I was like, I, I don't think I want this. Yeah. Um, I, I think I have a lot of interest and I'm not sure how to create a job or a life or income with that, but you know, I can find a way to explore that. And so I did, it was like, it was, it was, it was to answer your question. It was very much a gradual thing. Cause it was like, okay, First step is I'm going to do this blog on the side, like on the weekends. I'm just going to make recipes and post them because I was already doing that with my friends and family on Facebook. And they were like, oh, my gosh, your food looks so awesome. I'm like, you know what? It does. So I'm going to create some things. And then it was the next step was like, oh, beauty counter sounds cool. I really love the products. Like, what could that mean for for me? What could that look like for me? And so, again, doing that on the side while I was working full time. And then I got to the point where those doors kept opening and expanding and growing. And I was like, I think I could do this. And so it was very much a gradual shift. But at the same time, there was that point where you decided like, where I decided I need to take this leap and go like, so I left my job. And you know, it's it's just crazy. Did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it it did. I think it's important for people to hear what you just said. It's a gradual thing. So that's one thing that we can kind of dive into too with social media um, that sometimes it can feel like you're looking at this picture of where people are at right now. And we've chatted about this before on the podcast, but how you're seeing this snapshot, but you're not really realizing the, the background behind it and the work that went into it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is very much a gradual thing and it's, 
I mean, I'm nodding my head to everything that you're saying because I my story is very similar to the fact where I was working at a full-time job, clocking in eight to five. I had my son and I went back for five months after I had him and I was desperate to not have to do that anymore. And you're like, if you, if you have a job and you have a salary position and you do like hit it home, like what Jess was just saying, like if you love it and that fulfills you, that's so awesome. But at that time it was not fulfilling me at all. I absolutely hated my job and it was one of the things kind of and I don't know as much as you about the Enneagram but I feel like as a four like we're so we want to find other ways to do things that's not the most common road <laughs> travel you don't take the easy route in anything no, I don't think <laughs> not at all and at that point it was not the easy route for me to stay home um, and I thought that that was exactly what I wanted. I just wanted to stay home and I just wanted to be a mom and a mom being a mom to me is not something that comes easy or natural, which is hard for me to say because I want it to be, but, um, it wasn't. And so I felt like I had told myself that that was, that was what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to stay home and everything was going to be hunky-dory. But then sort of the same thing, like doors kept opening, opportunities kept opening. And I felt guilty for not just being this mom role. But I also felt like there's so many things I wanted to do. And Beauty Counter, and I've tried my hand in blogging so many different things and now the podcast and all of that. So I, it's so relatable to me and I feel like there's so many people out there that feel the same way. Um, but when it comes to the Enneagram, I feel like this is one topic that, uh, a lot of people are hearing more about it now, but throwing numbers out there like myself, (laughs) I don't really know so much about it. So if you just kind of want to give us like a basic overview of what the Enneagram is and how people can use it to do some self-assessment, self-reflection, that sort of thing. Oh my gosh, yes. A a thousand times yes. I could talk about the Enneagram for hours and hours. We did a team call recording that was supposed to be 45 minutes, and it wasn't. (laughs) Um, And so there's so much to talk about. But in a nutshell, an Enneagram is very buzzworthy right now, but the reality of it is it's actually been around for a very, very, very long time. And it is a quote unquote personality test, much like if you've ever taken the Myers Briggs or something like Strength Finders, or I'm trying Finders to think of what are the other ones that are popular right now? Oh, goodness. Uh, the four tendencies, four tendencies, did you say that? Yes. There's so many. So many. And so it's much like that in the, in the way that you kind of answer a series of questions and uh, there's a lot of tests out there. The ready is one R H E T I that is kind of like the gold standard, um, for determining your number. Um, but there's a lot of free ones out there and a lot of resources on how to determine like your number. Um, but it basically is a tool for, Self-assessment, like you said, self-awareness, but it brings so much more to the table than I think really any other personality test that I've explored has done, because not only does it tell you who you you are on the inside and who you, you know, potentially could be on the outside, but it also gives you kind of a pathway to 
learn about yourself in the way that, okay, I am motivated by these things. I'm afraid of these things. This is why I do what I do. Um, And how do I get to this place where I'm living my best life? So it gives you kind of like the tools and the path to grow, knowing who you are and how you may view and perceive life. Um, you know, then what, then what? Because it's like, okay, with the Myers-Briggs, it's like, I'm a, I don't even remember what I am with the Myers-Briggs, EFPJ or whatever. (laughs) Um, great. But like, but, but, but who cares? Like, how does that like Mm -hmm. help me? Um, and so that's why I really love that the Enneagram goes a step further. It tells you, and a lot of times people are hesitant to do like personality tests because they're like, I don't want to be put in a box. Like, you know, I don't want you to tell me like, I'm not just some number. And that is 100% true. But I think the beauty of the Enneagram, if you can look at it like this, I've heard this quote, and I forget exactly where it came from, but the Enneagram doesn't show you, uh, doesn't put you in a box. It shows you the box you put yourself in and how to get out of it. And that is just like, when I heard that, I was like, like mind blown because Mm -hmm. um, it really deep dives into your inner core fears and desires and how you view life events that happen to you um, and really like how to determine when we're in areas of health and stress. And it's just, it's like, um, I, I liken it to like a GPS system. It's like, it tells you where you are and where you could go to and how to get there. Um, and it's just, I don't know, I'm very passionate about it because it also, while it allows a lot of like self-awareness and self-reflection, what it also really, really, really does is open our eyes to empathy and compassion for others because we are self-centered people and not that's not a negative thing. Like we go through life mostly thinking of how things affect us because that's mm-hmm. just that's normal. Human nature. It's yeah. human nature. And what this does, it makes you realize that not everyone is thinking, viewing, or seeing the world as you do. In fact, I mean, I would say most people aren't. Um, It opens your eyes to that, and it allows you to understand their behaviors and motivations and actions. And it allows you just to bring more compassion and empathy to your relationships and to the world. It's like, you know, I can view my husband now knowing that he's a five. I can really, like, okay, I get it. I get why he doesn't want to go out to a party with me and socialize right now because he's got limited energy for people and he's already pretty much met his max. And I can be like, you know what? That's okay. Like I'll go by myself because I love people and I want to like yeah. be around them. So that is essentially the Enneagram. I'll, I'll dive into some more specifics, but it's Enneagram. It means nine diagram, nine and diagram. So it's a circular diagram that kind of shows you there are nine different basically archetypal personalities within the human the human nature and I'll kind of give you the rundown of each just by their like what they're commonly known as but um, you have one which is the moral perfectionist two which is the supportive advisor or the helper three is the successful achiever four is the romantic individualist five is the investigative thinker six is the loyalist um Seven is the enthusiastic optimist and nine is the peaceful mediator. And there are no number is better or worse than the other number. Um, they're all equal and beautiful and unique and needed for to make the world go round because they all have unique gifts that they bring to the table. Um, and basically, 
that's that's the Enneagram in a nutshell. There's a, a bunch of nuances where you also can determine like your wings, which is mm-hmm. the number on either side of your number. So a lot of people get confused. They'll be like, I'm a one wing seven. And that's yeah. that's not possible. It actually has yeah. to be like the number that's right beside you in the diagram. So like if you're a three, you can be a three wing two or a three wing four. And it's basically just telling you like you're a three, but you've got a lot of like four flavoring your flavoring you like influencing you Um, and you find that out by just reading a lot and there's so much resources about it Um, and then the other big thing is you can look at each number has very specific unchangeable paths of gross and stress stress and so like for a nine the arrows on the Enneagram tell me that when I am healthy when I'm like fully integrated in myself um, and doing like living my authentic life I'm going to look like and take on the best characteristics of a three. And then when I'm unhealthy, I'm actually going to look like and take on the the worst characteristics of a six. So does that like yeah, give you the does. basic? I think that's what myself included kind of I took the test. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my test results came back. Well, there was very it was very close to different numbers. But my test results came back and I went to go read the strengths and or like in times and stress. I read both of those things and I wasn't like nodding my head like kind of agreeing with every single thing, but then I, somebody told me and it might have been you, but somebody told me to just like go read and like really mm-hmm. dig into these two different numbers that it came back on. And I, my inner, what do, what do you call it? Inner motivations? Yeah, it's, it's, it's core fears and desires is what yeah. really motivates you. And those are unique to you. Yeah. So reading through it is what really helped me figure out what that number was. So I think it's important for people to know that just because you're taking this test and this number comes back, I mean, you and you can speak on this, whether it's true or not, it might not be that number, because I think it also has something to do with how you take the test, right? Oh, totally. Like, it's totally what headspace you're in, and you have to take it as though, and I think I've heard you talk about this before, you take it from your life experiences up until some age or some, uh, what, do you, what did you say, like something up until like mid-20s or something, like how you've gone through life. Yeah, well, essentially, you want to take the test answering as if you how you've been most of your life, because most Enneagram experts are going to tell you your number does not change. You are born with it. It is something that is like innate to you. It's very unique to you. Um, But what does change is how we view ourselves and the masks that we create for ourselves, the different roles we take on, especially as we enter into things like motherhood or being a partner or, you know, things of that nature that can really push Mm -hmm. us to appear in different ways. Um, And a lot of the the numbers can look similar on the outside, but they're doing their reason for that behavior is much different. So like, for instance, like a two and a nine common uh, commonly mistype. Um, They Mm -hmm. both like to help. They both are like kind of people pleasers. They both are very like, I'll go with the flow, go along to get along type of people. Um, But one of the core differences is like the two wants to help 
like it's almost a they can't turn it off it's like who can I help today like I'm gonna walk in the room like what can I get you um it's it's seriously important to their sense of self to be able to be viewed as a, a help a helper whereas a nine will generally not offer help unless it's solicited Um, And they oftentimes might not even really want to help, but they will say yes in order to keep the peace and to Mm. avoid their perception of conflict, which would be to say no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or like if they said no, they would be like, well, what's going to happen? This is going to be uncomfortable. Like, how are they going to like that's going to disrupt my sense of peace? And so I'm going to say yes Um, so that like everyone is happy and I'm therefore I'm happy and I don't have to think about like. This, con- this perceived conflict. So um, it's really going back to the, the how you've been most of your life. And when you answer, really try to focus on that. And a lot of times people have difficulty thinking about that because they're so involved in their current state. And right. so then I will, I'll often say like kind of like what you said, if you're having trouble, really think about how you were in your early 20s, usually before marriage or kids or a serious relationship um, a time where you were really allowed to think of yourself and most of us in that like 18 to 24 range um, are very like th- th- our view of the world is like myself and how do I fit in here mm-hmm. versus like how do I help others and like I have this family now and like where do I belong in this like social nest that I've created um, and so that's how I would suggest really, really answering the questions. But also, again, you hit the nail on the head. Like when you're having difficulty figuring out your number, maybe you have a couple numbers that are at the top, really reading and then looking at the connections between the numbers. Because like for me, I always I thought I was a three. I was like, I'm a three. I look like a three. I'm very like high <laughs> achieving. I go after goals like I have this endless sense of energy when I'm pursuing something. Um And then Beth McCord, who is, uh, she kind of put together the coaching program that I'm in right now currently. Um, She came on our podcast and she was like, we were just talking and I was like, she was talking about the nine. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really think I'm a nine now. And it really makes sense because the nine, Mm -hmm. the six and the three are all connected. And for me to really resonate with the three, it mostly meant that I was in a really healthy space. And that's what I looked like on the outside. But like the motivation of a three and the core fears and desires of a three didn't really resonate with me. And so that's when I realized like, I'm a nine, I'm just in a pretty good place, which is actually fun. <laughs> it's fun to yeah, know. Yeah. So when it comes to Jesse and I and what we choose to use as far as products, One of the most important aspects of that is sustainability, but also efforts to make some changes in the world. And one of the companies that we both are affiliated with and we both love and trust is a company called Beauty Counter. Beauty Counter is a personal care product company that is also for changing things in the legislation when it comes to getting safer products into the hands of everyone. So for the month of February, we wanted to go ahead and bring up Beauty Counter because we know that a lot of our listeners are trying to make better choices when it comes to non-toxic living, and Beauty Counter is a great choice for switching over to Safer. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at Almost Crunchy Podcast on Instagram, and we would love to help. That's actually how I kind of figured out that I tested as a two, Mm -hmm. and... um, 
I was not in a good space when I took the test. Mm-hmm. And turns out after reading and really doing some digging, I'm a four, mm-hmm. which goes to, in a time of stress, the worst characteristics of a two, correct? Um, I'm pulling it up right now. I'm going to confirm. Um, yes. So yeah. when a four is in an, like an average to unhealthy space, they're going to go to that, that the not so great characteristics of a two, which can be like overly involved. You can be a little bit clingy. Um, you can try to manipulate a little bit. And none of this is judgmental. Like mm-hmm. I don't want people to be like, oh my gosh, oh, no. like, yeah. talking crap about twos. And it's it's not meant to be a judgment. It's more an observation um, yeah. detached of, a, of an, any emotional judgment on that behavior. Um, and so like – it's just as a four, when you're stressed, those are where you're most likely, those characteristics are where you're most likely to like live and be and utilize as a cope. It's a coping yeah. mechanism, essentially. For sure. And we all have very distinct ones according to the Enneagram. So does that make sense? Yeah, I yeah, it makes total sense. And I think that it was difficult. I think sometimes when you read through some of these descriptions, you're like, no, I'm not. That's <laughs> not me. <laughs> this does not sound like a good number. I don't want to be this number. <laughs> and I totally did that with a four, which is why I think I was like, nah, no, I'll stick with a two. That one sounds <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs> but I think what's been helpful for me is being like just understanding where where that's coming from and why, Mm -hmm. and why I have made life decisions the way that I have and being okay with that. And also recognizing when I'm in a strength period, I am going more towards the good qualities of a one. And when I'm doing that stuff, I find that I stay in a healthy mindset and I just feel better Mm -hmm. as a four when I'm doing that sort of like organized. I have my stuff together. I'm working out daily, like that sort of stuff. And so I think it's been helpful just knowing that part of the number that if I do those things, it's going to help me feel better. Oh, totally. And you can tap into those things at any time. Um, And yeah, like as a four, moving to a side of health, you can really become more disciplined, more grounded, um, because fours are very I mean, they're just ha- – they can be so creative and so, like, dynamic, which is a beautiful thing. But sometimes when you're you're wanting to accomplish or achieve something, you have this innate ability to tap into that – the one's organization mm-hmm. and discipline and focus, and you can become more objective. Um, and I've seen that with you, like, pursuing the functional medicine stuff and yep. doing the podcast. Like, that's just – harnessing your creative energy and your interests um that's that's that one like you're tapping into that power which is really really cool to see it is so cool so somebody had a question on instagram they said is it possible to be a mix of two enneagram types for example a three and an eight so we've kind of touched on this a little bit but just to answer her question yeah so the short answer is no Um, a lot of, this is again, a lot of threes and eights will, they really understand each other and they might look very similarly, um, to the outside, but it really goes back to the inside. Um, Mm -hmm. and so like a three, 
So here's here's a key difference between like a three and an eight. We'll just take this one for an example because it's really common. Like the nines and the twos are common. The threes and the eights can be common. And sometimes ones and sixes can also have a hard time distinguishing like am I one or am I six? Um, but like for an eight, one example is when an eight walks into a room, they are intuitively picking up on the power energy in a room most of the time. So like if you're walking into a group setting or it's a a business meeting, an eight's walking in and thinking, who's in charge? And they can intuitively sense that. And then if they don't see that someone's in charge, most eights are going to step into that that role um, because they truly desire the need to be in control. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a distinguishing thing. Um, one of their core fears is that they are going to be betrayed. Um, so a lot of their, a lot of what they do in life, um, the way they present themselves, they can have this like hard exterior shell. Um, it can sometimes be difficult to know an eight, um, but when you do know them, like when you get on the inside, they're very much in your corner, pretty much forever. Um, unless you betray them and then you'll, you might possibly be shut out for life. Um, but they're very interested in power and control and that's what motivates them. And that's, again, it's not a judgment. It's not a negative thing for them. It's a very natural, like we need people who want to lead. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas a three, when they step into a room, they're doing the same thing. They're very good at reading a room and they are going to see they're like kind of almost chameleons. Like, who do I need to be? What kind mm-hmm. of engagement do I need to provide? How lively do I need to be? Like, who do I need to focus on to get my goal accomplished in this particular scenario? And that's where they're so good at achieving. They can read people very well. They can adapt to social situations very well. It's not necessarily for the desire to control it, but it's more to like, I mean, this this will sound negative. I view it as a positive, but it's more so how can I get what I need to get accomplished here today, which, again, is why they're oftentimes good at right. sales, while they're, why they're good at just peopling. Um, and, like, threes aren't necessarily all extroverts, but they, more than any other number, probably have that ability, even if they are an introvert, to walk into a room and be like, I can turn this on right now, and I can do what I need to do. Um, and they're, like, they're motivated by – they believe that – their worth comes from what they achieve. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's like a big motivation for a three. Like I need to achieve and I need to set goals and crush them um, because that's where people find me valuable. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It all comes really down to that core. Yeah. um, Like you were saying. Um, So you touched on this a little bit earlier about the whole wing thing. Mm -hmm. So you have your base number Mm -hmm. and you can have a wing that is next to your base number Mm -hmm. now does everyone have a wing or do some people not have wings and how do you figure out what your wing is oh that's such a good question um so okay i also love this analogy i like to speak in analogies a lot when it comes to the enneagram but like for instance everyone has the potential to have a wing and that's also another thing that you want to take note of when you are taking a test and getting typed like if a two three and four show up as your top Mm -hmm. numbers you may need to figure out which one is your center and it might be talking that you have some very strong wings 
within those numbers that are side by side. So it's that it might be telling you information about that about your wings, um, depending on what your numbers what what numbers keep showing up on your test. Um, and so when you think about your number, so let's do two for example. You think about twos, and they your number is like a plate of scrambled eggs. This is gonna stick with me on this one. Okay? Yeah. So like everyone is a plate of scrambled eggs, right? Um, their own particular style of scrambled eggs. And the wings are like salt and pepper. And basically, some people, like you and me, like I might love salt. So I might use a lot of that salt wing in my plate of scrambled eggs. And mm-hmm. I might really not like pepper at all. I might use a little bit or none at all. And that means like that other wing is not something that I that I utilize heavily. We have, so like our plate of scrambled eggs is going to look different than another two who really loves pepper, like that pepper wing, um, and who hates salt. And then Mm -hmm. some people are like, I just want my eggs as they are. I don't want any salt and pepper in it, and I'm good with that. And so they're much more, like they, they don't really use a lot of those wings the wing tendencies that are available to them. So there's a wide spectrum, which is actually a really amazing thing about the Enneagram because when you're thinking about like twos, for example, not every two is gonna look the same. And you're not gonna, if you are a two, everything that they say about twos is not all gonna resonate with you. And that's okay. I think about it as like colors. When you go to the paint store and you're like, I wanna paint my house blue, but there's like, 50,000 shades of blue yeah. available to you. So we're all like that. It's not like every two is a deep blue. There's like some that are Robin's egg blue. And that's where the wings come in. And so some people will have dominant, very strong wings where they are a two, but they really, really look like a three a lot of the time. And that's normal. And then some will have less so. And like I said, some will not use the wings at all, but it's always available for you to tap into. So for example, as a two, you can really tap into this for creative side. You might be a little more introverted um, than like your other two counterparts. Um, you might be a little bit more feeling as a two. Or if you have a three wing, you might be a lot more extroverted. The They call the, th- the two with the three wing the hostess. So they're like mm-hmm. this social butterfly, very active. You know, they're still motivated by what they're motivated by. Um, but they can really put on this mask of a three when they need to. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. It is something that it just, this whole topic fascinates me. Um, just because I, as I've been able to use it for myself, it really just gives you a better understanding, not only about you, but everybody else around you. Like you were saying earlier, like it's not just a tool for self-assessment and just, looking inward, but looking out at everybody else too. Um, but it's so funny because I feel like this is a thing that you're not supposed to do. Like you're not supposed to type other people, right? Oh, like you're not supposed yeah, to do that. You're not supposed to do that. I mean, you can have some people you'll be like, oh, you are such. Right. A, a particularly like sevens and eights are, are sometimes easy to spot. But like, yeah, you're not you're not really supposed to tell people what you think they are. That is a personal individual um, journey. Because again, outward behavior is not a reflection of inward motivation. So you could be like, oh, she looks totally like a three. Um, but on the inside, maybe she's just a two who's really using her three ring, three wing, or she's a nine who is really healthy. So yeah. Did you try to type someone? 
Well, somebody tried to type me. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and I just thought it was really interesting. And I was like, I got kind of like taken back a little bit by the type that they tried to tell me. And what did they say? That I was a six. Hmm. But oh, I don't okay. know. Like, yeah. I don't know enough about the Enneagram to like look at it and be like, okay, well, I can see how that could come out. But isn't there like heart numbers and like feelings numbers and all of that to <laughs> yeah. where it can kind of come out in different ways. Yeah. There's, there's also triads. We're getting a little bit more advanced, but I think it's still good information, but there's gut, head and heart triads. So each of the nine numbers are kind of grouped into one of those triads. Um, it's groups of three, obviously triad is three, but like for instance, the eight, nine, and one are part of the gut triad and they really struggle with anger and mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, all eights, nines, and ones are just angry people. Yeah. But that emotion is going to be something they, they in particular struggle with. And it's going to come out in different ways for each number. They also move through life much more instinctually. Um, and so that is like something that is associated with them. And then like twos, threes, and fours are more feeling. And five, sixes, and seven are more thinking. Um and they all have their own individual struggles. Like the thinking one di- di- struggles more with anxiety. Um, and I mean, I can see why they typed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it is it's general. It's 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 just a tendency, right? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that like you're just like sixes are walking around this like anxious ball of nerves. Mm-hmm. But what it does tell you is that you may be more likely to struggle with that throughout yeah. life. Um, I mean, all numbers can struggle with anxiety. Heck, I do too. Um, But I'm also linked to a six. So like when I'm feeling stressed, I become more anxious um, and more tightly wound up and stuff. So it's really like this beautiful play of like how we're all interconnected. And really what I like to look at it is all nine of the numbers put together, if you were to put them all together into one human being, like that is a fully integrated human being that's tapping into all the power and all the weaknesses of the human nature. And it's just like really cool. We have the ability to access all of that. And a lot of times, especially nines who um, might have the hardest time typing themselves. I mean, I could not type myself forever. I really just was unsure. And it's, um, they see a little bit of themselves in every single number more so than the other numbers. And so there's just this, there's it's intricate, but also easily broken down when, if you want to like really just dip your toe into it, but there's so much more to uncover if you want to go deep. Yeah. So if this is somebody's first time ever hearing about this thing called the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. where would you suggest that they start on either like a test or a book or maybe a test and then a book, where would you tell the Enneagram virgin to start? That's a really good question. <laughs> I like, um, I, t- I took a test first before I ever read about anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that will, that's a good starting off point. I like the Ready, the R-H-E-T-I. It's $12. It's a paid test. Um, and I took a bunch of free ones before that. Um, and it's supposed to be kind of like the gold standard, mm-hmm. but it's still going to give you like your top. It's going to kind of like rank your numbers. 
Um, and so you may not leave that test being like, I know what my number is. I feel good. I feel great. It's awesome. I'm good now. Most of the time, it's it's still you're still unsure, but it allows you to kind of narrow down on some people to or some types to focus on and do more reading about. I also like yourenneagramcoach.com has a free assessment there, which is also going to give you percentages. Um, so it's going to like tell you what your top numbers are. And then I would suggest doing that first, honestly, mm-hmm. just to kind of get a feel for the types of questions they're going to ask and, you know, what behavior patterns they're looking at. Um, and then I really love The Road Back to You. Um, it is probably the easiest read. There is an underlying, like, spiritual current to it. So, uh-huh. like, you can read it even if you're not, quote, unquote, religious. I think yeah. they speak to, like, a higher power. And that's the beauty of the Enneagram. It's like living your authentic self is like living out like what you've been put on this earth to to be like your essence um and so there's a lot of reference to that but it's still like so easy it talks about like your type as a child how you might look as an adult and how to work with that that type um it's just and there's like stories interjected it's just a really fast read um and then the pod podcasts i like are um well, Annie, Annie Downs, that sounds fun, did a really cool podcast series, the Ennea series, um, Ennea mm-hmm. Summer, I think she called it. But it basically like goes through the Enneagram and then each type, which is really, really fun if you're into podcasts. And then um, there is a group called Sleeping at Last. It's a band. It's a guy, actually. Um, and he wrote a song for each Enneagram type. And what I found, and then they did a podcast recording of that afterwards to talk about the type. Um, and mm-hmm. the song and about why he chose the lyrics. And it's very, very particular to that type, like the way the melody goes and the lyrics and the instruments and if there's a voice and like all of this stuff he put, he really put a lot of thought and effort into it. But um, that was helpful for me when I heard my nine song. I was like, oh, I feel seen and I want to cry mm-hmm. and like this is me. And so that was super helpful. And then if you're looking to like help yourself work with people i'm i haven't finished it but i'm currently in the middle it's ginger uh lapta bogda i think um i don't have it in front of me or else i'd have the right but it's how to like coaching the enneagram types essentially um and it's really good and very very specific so again another like deeper level um but there's so many ian cron and suzanne stabile are kind of like the current like thought leaders on it. Mm-hmm. Beth McCord has some really great, she's the one I'm doing the coaching course for really great resources. And then Riso Hudson, like those are the older, the ones who have the like Enneagram Bibles essentially yeah. Yeah. Um, out there. But if you just Amazon and search for Enneagram, there's so much out there now. And I really, oh, one more thing. Sorry, I'm giving yeah. you like every single resource. Um, there's some really good Enneagram accounts on Instagram right now too that yes. I love. Um, I love Absolutely. Enneagram and Coffee, and they do these really beautifully put together series on the numbers. Um, they're so pretty. They're so pretty. And so, like, sometimes that's how people really figure out who they are, where it's like things the Enneagram 9 might have in their house. And it's like, a yeah. And a cozy blanket. And you're like, yeah. oh my God, I, that is so true. So, those are just other extra little tools. And I'm constantly looking at that stuff too. Like, am I still an? I'm a nine. I'm a nine. Yep, I'm a nine. I'm still a nine, right? <laughs> Very co- confirming. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah. That's what helped me. A lot of the, like, I love the Enneagram and coffee. And there's a couple of other ones. I, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but on Instagram. And that's what, like, it sounds funny, but that is really what helped me, like, nail down. Like, yeah, that is right. I That is my number. Yeah. It's, it's fun. I mean, and there's, like, Enneagram memes. And if you have a sense of humor, and I feel like when you get to a healthy place with yourself you can kind of laugh at like your your weaknesses and your strengths and like your self-image and the perception that other people have of your number and those meme accounts are like just so hilarious and spot Mm -hmm. on and like if you can have a healthy sense of humor about yourself those are also fun yeah I think once you get comfortable with what your number is, it's easier to do that. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, some numbers are probably more apt to be like offended by (laughs) some of those things. Um, But, you know, I think it's always a mark of like just a healthy sense of humor is a mark Mm -hmm. of like good health in all numbers. Absolutely. Well, I thank you so much because I feel like this is going to be helpful for a lot of people that are kind of overwhelmed with this whole topic of the Enneagram and they're not quite sure where to start and they're seeing all of this fun stuff on Instagram, but they're not quite sure like where where to go with what type they are. So I think it's going to be really helpful hearing um, how that they can go take the test or read about themselves and how it's kind of broken down. And at the end of the day, really what it's about is like your core motivator. So I thank you so much for coming on the podcast and helping our audience with that. But before you go, I have to ask you a question that we ask all of our interviewees, which I did not prep you for. (laughs) I'm nervous. (laughs) But because our podcast is named the Almost Crunchy Podcast, how would you consider yourself to be almost crunchy? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Almost crunchy, I would say I spent most of my life being very perfectly crunchy and now I'm in the, you know, I'm turning 36. And when I say perfectly crunchy, I mean like I eat all the right foods and I do mm-hmm. all the organic and everything is in my house is clean and safe um, and checking all those boxes. And I'm going to turn 36 this year, which it feels foreign to me to say out loud. But like <laughs> I feel this almost crunchy state is like perfect for me. It's more of a state of being where I'm like, Yes, I like to choose organic when I can, but you know what? I'm also going to go to Whataburger or Chick-fil-A, and that's totally fine with me. I'm going to eat a shake that is, like, full of sugar and fake ingredients (laughs) every once in a while, and, like, that's okay. And sometimes, you know, I use things in my house that aren't perfectly safe cleaning solutions, but the majority of the time I do. So I would say this almost crunchy is just finding this perfect state of balance where I do the best I can with what I have and I also don't stress when I can't do the like can't be perfect absolutely that's what we're all about (laughs) over here so before you go go ahead and let people know where they can find you if they want to connect with you further 
Yeah, so I'm really excited that you asked me that today because I just, okay, so I just relaunched my website, but there's no content on it yet, but it's out in the interweb and there will be content <laughs> there. I just have to migrate everything over, which will take a while, but um, you can find me at jessgertner.com, um, content coming soon. You can connect with me, and Instagram is my favorite place to connect, um, and so I am at jess.holdthespace on Instagram. And then you can connect with us at the podcast and we're the Modern Mamas podcast on iTunes and all other major platforms. And we also have a Modern Mamas podcast um, Instagram handle. And what else is that? Are those the main things? I think that's the main thing. I I think think that's that's the main stuff. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I am so excited for everybody to hear this. Thank you, friend. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It was a wealth of knowledge for myself, so I hope it was a wealth of knowledge for you guys too. I'm glad that you guys got to know Jess a little bit more and got to know more behind her passion with the Enneagram. So if you guys enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you take the time to go and share about it over on social. You can go to our social media page, on Instagram, it's at Almost Crunchy Podcast and share from there. And also, it means the world to us when you guys take the time to leave a review over on wherever you're listening to this podcast. It helps us get views so that more people can listen. So if you guys can do that, we would really, really appreciate it. We will chat with you next week and we can't wait for that. See you then. Music.